In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with my co-host, but he doesn't sound like Jack. Jack, how are you, mate? I'm really good. I'm so excited for this. It's the start of draft season, and there's not one better way to kick it off. We've got someone from literally the lazy man's guide to uh, the NFL draft, the Draft Network. They've got everything. Anything you could ever wish for draft-wise, they've got it all. And he's 50% of the Draft Dudes Network, Joe Marino. Joe, how are you? Hey, guys, I'm doing well. Good to be on with you and uh, talking football and uh, excited, excited for this. You guys, uh, you guys are well prepared, and that's always fun. Thanks, Joe. So, Joe, tell us, we're doing uh, this all about the wide receiver room uh, today. At number 17 for the Browns, who do you think the Browns are going to be taking? You know, it's so interesting because we've got all these young quarterbacks in the NFL right now, and a lot of them are picking ahead of Cleveland, like Buffalo, like Arizona, like the Jets. And so there's a lot of landmines when it comes to receivers and where they could go prior to number 17. Um, but there's also no guarantee because as much as I love DK Metcalf from Ole Miss, you know, I, I, we need to find out how comfortable teams are with, you know, his age and obviously the, uh, the, the neck injury. And when I say age, I mean that he's a young player with minimal experience. He's not an older player. So it's interesting because – could Cleveland get its pick of the litter at 17? I don't think that's that far-fetched. Um, so I don't know that right now, with the way that we know things, the way that we haven't had the combine, that anybody is, is somebody that I don't think is in play for Cleveland uh, at number 17. I obviously love DK Metcalf. He's been my guy throughout this process. I think he's got those special traits. When we talk about top-of-the-first round type of talents, he's, he, get, he checks those boxes in terms of his size, length, athletic ability. He wins vertically. He created create after the catch. I mean, he does everything. He just had this next thing this past year at Ole Miss, and it cost him, you know, the, the rest of the season, like half of the season. And so he's still a player that's only played about 20 games in the SEC, just a redshirt sophomore. So, you know, we need to, he's all about that upside. And then you've got guys like uh, Kelvin Harmon from NC State, who's a true power forward. Think Alshon Jeffrey when we talk about Kelvin Harmon. He's a guy that uh, love how he beats press coverage. I think he's smooth. I think he does really well winning above the rim. Uh, he's just not necessarily the most explosive. I don't think he's not explosive. He's just not very dynamic when it comes to his, his speed and acceleration. And then finally, in Kiel Harry from Arizona State, who, uh, look, I mean, he's, he's another big possession type wide receiver, an alpha, an X receiver that you project is to be out, outside at the boundary. But he's kind of interesting because he's, he's a, he's a three-level guy for his size. He's a guy that's made some plays down the field. But there were moments this year at Arizona State where he made plays after the catch. And so when I think about this first-round conversation, the Browns, these are the three that come to mind. Let me actually throw one more name in there because I, I, I got to mention him. Riley Ridley from Georgia. He's another guy that I think can be a really good X or Z in the NFL, a lot of good length, really good body control. He's probably the second most explosive of the guys I just mentioned after DK Metcalf. And uh, people are going to get funny about him because his market share and his – 
his production wasn't all that good at Georgia, but you have to keep in mind how Georgia plays offense and the context of that offense. It's a run-heavy scheme. They've got a couple of different backs they want to get the football to. And they've got a lot of wide receivers. They've got Nada at tight end. They've got Terry Godwin, Nicole Hardman. Uh, I mean, there, there was a lot of bodies to, you know, a lot of mouths to feed there. But uh, when, you, when you isolate things down, when you watch uh, Riley Ridley run routes, when you watch him finish at the catch point, you see plus traits. You see really dynamic traits. So those are my four guys, actually. I'm glad I expanded that because I thought I forgot about Ridley there to begin with. <laughs> but those are the guys I'm targeting at 17, and I'd be happy to get any one of them if I'm Cleveland. No, so why – it wouldn't surprise me if the Browns take that sort of round one wide receiver, and they are all the names I've heard, left, right, and center, and thanks for the breakdown on them. For me, I'm a day two uh, – sort of, sorry, uh, day two, yeah second, third round wide receiver guy. So hit us up. Who's them choices if we wait until uh, day two, second round? Who are we going to be taking if we want that wide receiver? Yeah, there's, there's a few names that come to mind. How about Marquise Brown, the Hollywood Brown, the guy that uh, Baker had so much fun with that last season over there at, uh, at Oklahoma? I mean, separation guy. I mean, he's a guy that's going to win vertically. You love that they've got the timing down. I think that's always a big part of receivers stepping in and contributing in the NFL is being able to get on the same page with that quarterback. Well, we're ahead of the curve right here if we insert uh, you know, Hollywood Brown with, with Baker Mayfield. He doesn't give you a lot of that size dynamics. He's kind of a guy that you're going to have to move around a little bit, probably play from the slot. Um, and, and he's not necessarily the most polished in terms of his ball skills, but he's got that explosiveness that – just makes him a threat to, to score every time he touches the football. And then there's a couple other of these uh, bigger receivers that come to mind in the second round for the Browns. Uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, he just declared from Stanford. Uh, really good footwork, really good above-the-ring game. I mean, probably the most dynamic red zone guy that I've seen this past year. The way that he positions his frame to win at the catch point, goes up and gets the football, is really exciting. His vertical ability is really good because he knows how to position his frame and track the football, even though we're not expecting him to be a very dynamic uh, in terms of his 40-yard his dash time. One more name, Hakeem Butler from Iowa State. You want to talk about market share and a guy that just made guys look silly at the catch point? I mean, he checks all of those boxes. He, he, was, he was the offense. He was the passing game, not the offense. David Montgomery, a good running back there. But he was the passing game. So here's the question that all Browns fans are asking. If we take – Hollywood Brown, is there going to be a fight in training camp between Hollywood Higgins and Hollywood Brown for who gets Hollywood? He's a free agent, right? So we need to see if, if the yeah, Browns bring him back. So, he, he's uh, not going anywhere. <laughs> he's back. Well, uh, you oh, know what? Uh, if, if, if Hollywood Higgins or uh, Hollywood Brown's uh, a first or a second round pick, I think he's going to have to claim that right. Hey, if that's a fight they take and they agree, whoever gets the most yards in uh, year one takes it, then, uh, hey, it's motivation, so uh, it's all good. I think the dog's got a view on this one. He does, yeah. My dog, Nacho, would like to, to have his comments. <laughs> so, obviously, uh, Carl Crabb's dog is famous, the other half of the draft dudes. I didn't even know he had a dog. I'm just so used to Carl drinking his uh, like straight shots with the dog licking his face that... Uh, I didn't know there was a other fifty percent of dog in a. Yeah, we, we we do. I've got three here at the house, so hopefully they'll be quiet the rest of the way. <laughs> so if if good names for day two, um, yeah, I'd love uh, Hollywood Brown just because of that chemistry. Bring Demetrius Flowers in free agents. Let's just 
have the whole Oklahoma party. <laughs> if we're waiting for round three, hit us with some names. All right. Uh, how about Demarcus Lodge? He's uh, from Ole Miss as well as DK Metcalf. Dynamic vertical threat, a ton of length, a really nuanced route runner. He's got some inconsistencies with, uh, with finishing at times, uh, but there's, it's something I'm probably willing to trade off just given how dynamic he is and how good he is down the field. Uh, another name, Anthony Johnson from Buffalo. He, he pops. He's a really good body control guy. Uh, I think you can move him inside and outside and he can make plays. Good, good uh, ability to, to position his frame as well at the catch point. Uh, Antoine Wesley, a guy from Texas Tech, he might be a riser uh, throughout this process if he tests well, but he's, uh, he's been very dynamic this season, really good vertical skill set, a lot of length, and a lot of ability to, uh, to separate. So I think this receiver class is very, very deep, and so wherever Cleveland wants to target that receiver, I think they're going to be able to get a guy that can help them. Uh, Joe, I've got a question for you. Which wide receiver do you think is the best plug-and-play, someone that we could get the, uh, the most uh, usage out first, uh, straight away? I think that's Calvin Harmon from NC State. Um, I know that he can beat press coverage, which is really a big challenge for a lot of these guys coming into the NFL when they have to, uh, to get those clean releases and win in that contact window. I know that actually Calvin Harmon, ha- Calvin Harmon has what I would consider blue-chip play strength. So I know that he's physically ready to go. I think he, he's a guy that's going to have no problem going and competing at the catch point. And I think he's, he's not necessarily explosive, but he's smooth. And uh, there, there were times, you know, look at the Syracuse game this past year. They, they, couldn't, they couldn't match up with him. And so I just I get excited about his ability to dominate with his traits. And, and so we're talking plug and play. Kelvin Harmon's really the name that pops. So everyone in the draft community, they, they get them sort of day three people they fall in love with. Is there anyone sort of as a wide receiver that you've fallen in love with and go, look, this guy's going to be day three, but he's my crush in the draft that I want to go be successful. Someone needs to take him. Even if they take him early, who's that sort of guy for you? I really like uh, uh, Calvin Harmon's teammate, Jacoby Myers at NC State. He's a guy that came into uh, college as a quarterback, and he made the switch to wide receiver like two years ago. So he's new to the position. And so you kind of like that because you can project growth and you can see where he is and where you would expect the guy with, with his time at the position to be. And he's well ahead of that. He's going to be at the senior bowl in mobile in a couple of weeks. And so I'm very anxious to see him down there. And, uh, and I think he definitely has top 100 upside, but you know, if he gets kind of lost in the mix here, he's a guy that, that Cleveland could snatch up on day three and really get a good player, really good body control. A guy that really, he made some dynamic catches going up and getting the football in, in, in traffic, and, uh, and I like where he's at in his development. I think he's a guy that can certainly outperform where he gets drafted, uh, depending on things go the rest, of the rest of the way here with the combine and the senior bowl. Joe, um, out of the four names you said that could be there at 17th, is there any chance of any of them four being at 49th in the second round? I, I, don't, I don't put that out of, the, out of the equation here, especially with this draft, and I think we're talking a lot about defensive prospects and really dynamic defensive prospects, which every time one of those is picked, it pushes guys down, right? And so I think um, kind of the strengths of the draft and and being a deeper wide receiver class, like we've kind of talked about here, just kind of scratching the surface on some of the names, maybe teams will be willing to wait. And the more teams that are willing to wait, snatch up defensive players, get help elsewhere, get help on the offensive line, wherever, it's going to push receivers down. And so I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to, to get one of those four I mentioned at 49. So if we put 
Put the wide receiver position. You've done a fantastic job breaking that down. Put that to one side. If I had to ask you, rounds one and rounds two, gun to the head, who do you reckon the Browns take? You know, I, I think for Cleveland, I want to see them get some help on defense, either at cornerback opposite of Denzel Ward. You know, if Byron Murphy, the Washington corners there, that would be really hard for me to pass up. Greedy Williams from LSU, he's got really dynamic traits. DeAndre Baker, uh, he actually – Looking for a cover two corner guy that functions well in zone with ball skills. He, he, he certainly comes into the conversation. And then on the defensive line, like, you know, getting a player alongside Ogden Joby uh, to, to give another interior player. You know, I have Jeffrey Simmons from Mississippi State's very dynamic. Christian Lopez from Clemson. Uh, you know, at Oliver, if he slides, I don't think he's getting the 17. But I think that there's going to be a really good opportunity to shore things up on the defensive side of the football in the first round and then kind of look, look towards that receiver in the second round. So as a Browns fan, it's, uh, it's something that's been bugging us all sort of, sort of since halfway through this season. It just feels like there's a lack of respect this year for us because after years of you guys covering us, we're now on page two of the Draft Network's mock drafts. It's just it, even the draft dudes did a uh, mock draft. We're not even including day one. It just feels like we're being ignored. Um, as Browns fans, we're used to being... We were the tip of the coverage for two years, and now everyone just like, oh, it's the Browns. Yeah, we'll deal with them later. It it just doesn't feel right being pushed to seventeen. It's exciting though, right? I mean, <laughs> like you're you're probably used to turning into you know path of the draft on NFL Network or whatnot, and and they're going to do a top ten mock draft, and you're going to see the Browns. You're not going to see the Browns now. They're picking seventeen, and so it's exciting times. Uh, obviously, with Baker Mayfield and uh, some of the young players on defense, Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward. Larry Agajobi, I mean, the offensive line's really good. Uh, so much – Nick Chubb, there's so much to be excited about with this Cleveland Browns team. And so now we don't have to talk about building and, and getting cornerstones. We're talking about solidifying the roster. And, and, you know, John Dorsey, he's got it right in front of him to kind of shore that up and really make a run and compete next year. No, it's, it's just been it's fantastic because from years it was like, oh, so – well, we got the first pick, so, uh, hey, who cares about everyone else? The draft was really easy. And then it was last year, it was, oh, we got the first pick. Um, then we got the fourth pick, and it's like, wow, that, that's easier. Now it's suddenly like, well, 16 teams could screw this up for us. What are we going to do? And it, this year is why we've had to reach out to people like you. We've got some fantastic guests on covering the draft, and it's just, there feels like a lot of pressure. And I'm going to be sitting there sweating on day one of the draft because it's like, people could actually mess up our plans and they could be outside the Browns building. For years, the only people that could screw up the draft for the Browns were the Browns. And suddenly, we've got 16 other teams that could just ruin our night. It's, 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 yeah, and you're going to have to learn what it's like to wait two hours for your team to pick too, right? I mean, it's going to be a longer, uh, longer Thursday night uh, than you're used to. For us, for us, Joe, that's going to be three, four o'clock in the morning, just to let you know. <laughs> Bless you guys. That's... Uh... I love that. I love you. You'll be up or you guys aren't going to sleep and catch it later. Right. I mean, no, 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 no. We'll be watching live. <laughs> uh, Joe, year, I'm actually I'm every pick, every single pick in the draft, all all of them, 200 and whatever it is. All right, Joe, I just want to say a massive thank you very much for your time this evening. Of course. Yeah. It's, it's been fun and I enjoy your guys' passion. This is a good conversation and, uh, Excited to, uh, to have different types of conversations about the Browns and uh, exciting times. So uh, congrats and, uh, and I look forward to uh, keeping this conversation going. Now, enjoy your trip to, you're off to the Shrine game, you're off to the Senior Bowl. 
pl- plug your stuff because it's absolutely fantastic. I'm a big fan. Everyone should be listening to these guys and following these guys. Tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, Draft Network is, is where I work. I'm uh, going to be spending next week at the Shrine game and the following week at the Senior Bowl. So a few, few weeks away from the dogs here at home. But uh, looking forward to getting eyes, you know, live eyes on these prospects and, and getting a good feel for the buzz of the draft community. And then, uh, yeah, my work's at draftnetwork.com. I host uh, or co-host the Draft Dudes podcast. It's a daily NFL draft podcast with Kyle Krabs. And so uh, there's no shortage of places to find, find the work that we do. And, uh, and thanks for uh, giving us a chance to talk about it here. Nah. Make sure you go have a beer with uh, Mark Schofield for us. We're, we're big fans of Mark. He'll be back breaking down. Even though it's the Browns, we're still going to get him on for day three. Day three quarterback prospects for the Browns. Yeah. Not even day one and day two. We've written them off. We're going to get him back for day three prospects. Mark can do that. Mark Schofield's awesome with quarterbacks. I, I ask him questions all the time off the record just to kind of uh, plug, <laughs> plug together evaluations on my part. And Joe, we need to know when you come to London to visit us. <laughs> uh, well, the, I've, been to, I've been to Europe one time. It was uh, in Greece for my brother's wedding. And I've, I've wanted to get back soon. Uh, but uh, uh, I don't have, it, I don't have it a date yet. But uh, when, when I do, I'll let everyone know. Excellent. Great. You can do a live podcast outside Buckingham Palace with us. How about that? Oh, if, if I get to England, we're doing that for sure. Excellent. All right, Joe, thank you so much for your time. Yes, thanks, guys. Been a pleasure. Thank you. Yes, thanks, guys. Enjoy.